Just how dumb are these home defense weapons? Self-defense, self-awareness, self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of themartialist.net and philelmore.com. I am the aforementioned Phil Elmore, your host. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. I thought we would talk about alternative home defense weapons. This was uh, sort of a request made after the last podcast when we talked about uh, an incident where I grabbed a machete in defense of home and hearth when we thought someone was breaking into the house. Um, there was a lot of posts in the comments about people talking about you know the, the various weapons that they have that are not firearms, that do not happen to be firearms. There's a lot of reasons that you might not have or might not want a firearm for home defense. Clearly, a good shotgun or even a pistol is a better home defense weapon than most other options. But there could be any number of reasons that you don't have one around. Um, you know, maybe you have kids in the home and you're nervous about having a firearm in the house. Uh, you know, I think there's plenty of ways to store a firearm safely so that you don't have to worry about that. But some people just don't want to take the risk. Um, maybe you've had some legal issues in the past and you're on the right path now but you're not permitted to own a firearm maybe you live somewhere where a firearm is not an option for you um, maybe you have no access to handguns you could conceivably have a long gun but you want more options than just say the long gun that you are permitted to own i'm not here to tell you what you should or shouldn't have necessarily that's going to be your call a firearm is the single best personal defense home defense tool the gap between that that first option and the next best option is pretty large. Um, I'm of the opinion that when it comes to individual self-defense, the second choice for self-defense should be a knife based on the amount of damage it can do, the amount of force it amplifies, the, the amount of the amplification, let's say, um, based on the amount of muscle effort required to use it. But it does require training to use it well. Uh, so, and again, that gap between firearms and blades is significant, but we're not necessarily talking about individual self-defense, you know, when you're out and about walking around. Now we're talking about in the context of you are home, you are in your home where you could conceivably have weapons staged for self-defense, specifically against a threat of a human being entering your home, uh, without reason, you know, someone who's not supposed to be there theoretically who means you harm because in most cases somebody who enters your home definitely does not mean you well there have been cases of mistaken identity there have been terrible cases where someone thought there was a home invasion happening and it really was a misunderstanding i seem to remember an incident where a homeowner was confronted by a young man who did not speak english or at least did not speak it well who tried to enter through the front door, maybe because he thought he was somewhere else and didn't understand when he was being warned off. Now, I don't know how you don't understand when someone with a gun is telling you clearly, go away. I feel like that's pretty universal body language. But anyway, the guy was not a home invader and he got shot and killed because he didn't understand to stop entering. And I believe the homeowner did not face charges because he legitimately believed his life was in danger, that someone was invading his home. Understand also that when we talk about home defense, 
you aren't simply permitted to use whatever force you want just because someone who's not supposed to be there is there. You know, you can't just say, well, he was on my property, so I stabbed him or I shot him or I hit him with a shovel or whatever it is. Um, there are certain conditions that must be met before you can use potentially lethal force, even in defense of your home. And even if your particular municipality has castle doctrine that says you're not required to flee your own home if you can. There are some locations where just because someone invades your home doesn't mean you're allowed to stand your ground and defend yourself if you have the option to remove yourself from that danger. Uh, most, I think most common law and there's a lot, I think more often than not, you are not required to flee your own home. We, we historically as human beings have tended to draw the line and say, no, I'm not going to flee my own home when I'm, when I'm endangered. But that's not always the case. So you're going to want to check your local laws, find out what the laws are where you are. Some states, like my own state of New York, are going to be a lot worse than others. So check that out before you do anything else. And also, when we discuss these, these weapons, uh, I'm going to run down a list of various alternative home defense weapons that were suggested in the comments of the last podcast or that I just happened to come up with when I was brainstorming this list. And we'll talk about their advantages and their disadvantages. You know, are they a good idea? Are they a bad idea? If not, why not? Um, and we'll go from there. Okay, the first item on the list, pepper spray. Whether it's pepper spray or like a pepper launcher, I've seen a bunch of ads on social media for this Berna pepper gun that I gather shoots like paintballs full of pepper spray. You know, the, 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 the balls have whatever the pepper spray liquid is in them, is my guess. Um, I think I want to say that I saw that fraud, that absolute idiot Dale Brown advertising for the Berna pepper spray gun, which is just... That's very appropriate. A guy who has no idea what he's doing, who is arguably a complete and utter fraud of a tactical trainer, has got, gotten so much notoriety that he's now become an advocate for products. And how, how appropriate that he's advocating for a product that, in my opinion, shouldn't exist. Because if you're going to use pepper spray, use pepper spray. Don't mess around with pepper guns. Pepper guns are a specialty tool used for law enforcement to deliver a deterrent from a distance to try and dissuade a crowd. If you're in a crowd and the riot police shoot you with a pepper ball from a distance, it gets on your clothes and it's supposed to make you feel bad enough that hopefully you eventually wander away. That is not an effective self-defense tool. If you shoot somebody with the pepper gun, you're, you're delivering pepper to a specific area of their body that may or may not have any kind of immediately incapacitating effect. It's probably going to be unpleasant. But if you pepper spray them, you're spraying them in the face. That's going to have a much more direct deterrent effect than hitting them somewhere else with a pepper ball. The, the other problem, though, is pepper spray and pepper guns in any format, any delivery system for pepper spray is a really bad idea for home defense. You're contaminating the inside of your home. Pepper spray in an enclosed area is not good. Every once in a while, some kid in a school will illegally bring in some pepper spray and spray it in the hallway. And they evacuate the entire hall, if not the entire school, because kids will say they feel nauseous and for good reason. So don't do that to your house. You'll be forever getting the smell out of there. It's exactly like using pepper spray in a vehicle, maybe slightly less bad because there's greater area, but yeah, don't do it. <laughs> don't, uh, don't do pepper spray indoors. Okay. Uh, next, uh, bats, baseball bats. For whatever reason, maybe because we sort of 
uh, we have this primordial impulse to go to clubs. You know, the, the caveman inside us just wants a good solid club to beat our enemies with. Everybody who doesn't know anything about self-defense seems to gravitate to the baseball bat. This may have been at one time because baseball was our national pastime and lots of people had a bat lying around. The average home probably doesn't have one unless that person went out and specifically bought one for self-defense. I mean, I didn't have a bat until I bought one for that reason. So uh, there, when it comes to like using a bat for self-defense, the conventional wisdom is, well, make sure you carry a glove and a ball with the bat so you can explain it to the police officer who's searching you for some reason when he sees that you have a bat. And you None of that matters. It's never going to come up unless you use the bat to hit somebody with. And then, yeah, you might get charged with carrying a weapon or having a weapon, possessing a weapon. It depends on the circumstances and it depends on just how uptight that locale is about this sort of thing. If you hit somebody with a toaster, you could conceivably be charged with using a weapon and the toaster is the weapon. Um, so worry less about that. Worry more about is a bat a good choice, especially for home defense. Since bats are not particularly portable, most people will stage them, like they'll put them in their car or they'll put them somewhere in their house, and this is my home defense weapon, this is my car defense weapon. There was some civil unrest in the UK, and I can't remember what the circumstances were now of that, but I remember that one of the kids who was in the Harry Potter movies who played Crab or Goyle, one of those two, got arrested as part of that civil unrest. And I remember reading an article during that civil unrest that these training bats, fungo bats, were selling like hotcakes in the UK. And it's because people were buying bats as weapons. The problem with bats, both indoors for home defense and just generally as a weapon, is that they're incredibly slow. Um, to wield a bat, to swing a bat, requires you to wind up and, and swing the bat in a way that is a dead giveaway to anyone who knows what they're doing. So unless the range is completely optimal and you've got all the time in the world to complete your swing and unless your opponent stays right in the effective sweet spot of the bat uh winding up and swinging and hitting are those are very likely very unlikely things to happen all in sequence so bats actually make extremely crude relatively poor weapons now if it was the only thing i had would i use it sure but it's not ideal so i would say a bat so many people go to them as like a as some sort of weird impulse we have you know to just give me a heavy club and it's again better than nothing but you'd be better off with a crowbar or something that hits harder and moves faster than a bat which is slower and clumsier um so yeah i i don't know as i would go straight to a bat even though so many people do it's a poor weapon it's a relatively poor weapon if they, if they jam you get up against your cocked arm or your forearm and stop you from swinging you're you're out of luck <sighs> okay uh the next item crossbows or even crossbow pistols these are largely seen as toys at least in the pistol variety they will kill you. I mean, I don't know if you've ever played around with one of... Like, there are some that have, like, a 25-pound draw, the pistol crossbows that shoot the, the little crossbow bolts that are manufactured for this purpose. Those are relatively weak. I still wouldn't want to have one shot at me. It would hurt you pretty badly. The 80-pound ones will drive those things through plywood. Those become a much deadlier prospect. The problem with all the pistol crossbows is they're relatively unreliable and they're super slow to unload. 
a crossbow is a deadly weapon up to a point. Nobody wants, you know, they, you can hunt deer with those things as long as a crossbow is permitted in your area. So nobody wants to sh get shot with a broadhead arrow. Even a target arrow will really ruin your day. But the problem with all crossbows and crossbow pistols is they're slow to reload. When I was in college, there was a fellow, I'll change his name, we'll call him Tom Smith. Tom had some problems. And Tom was apparently taking Prozac and got really drunk while taking Prozac, something you shouldn't do. And he experienced an episode that culminated in him barricading himself in his off-campus apartment while the cops were called. And he was using a crossbow to hold off the police. The problem with crossbows is once you fire your one arrow, it takes all day long to reload, at which point the police closed in and took him away. We called him Tom, you'll never take me alive, Smith. And no one ever saw him again after that incident. I don't know whatever became of him. I hope he's okay, but I'm sure it didn't go well. So, and pistol crossbows have another problem, and I've, I've seen this. It is unreliable as a, as a release mechanism. So your typical pistol crossbow has a little bolt, it's metal or plastic, sits down in a channel with a little metal finger holding it in place. And then the, the, Chris, the pistol crossbow bowstring, say that five times fast, has to be pulled back behind it. And when you push the trigger, pull the trigger, however you want to say it, that string has to propel the bolt out of the crossbow. Well, the string can sometimes miss. So you'll get the crossbow pistol equivalent of a misfire, and it'll just not do anything. So they are simply not reliable enough to be used as any kind of a home defense weapon, I would not, you know, unless you, unless you had no other option, I would not rely on them. They are, they are just not a reliable tool. Uh, and that's all I have to say about pistol crossbows. He said, taking a drink from his mug. Okay. Um, your next option, a really big knife. This is not terrible, you know, and by really big knife, I mean like a like a Rambo-sized survival knife, something, you know, with like a foot of blade or something close to that, you know, a big knife, something that isn't quite a sword. You know, it's still a knife, but it's a large knife. It's not a terrible weapon. Um, it doesn't give you a whole lot of reach. Uh, if I was armed with like, a, like an M9 bayonet and that's what I had for home defense, I don't know as I would be uh, terribly upset about that. It's not a it's not a bad weapon, but again, you've got to get in close to use it. Um, there are some people wielding just common folding knives, common self-defense folding knives, tactical knives, whatever you want to call them, like a one-hand opening folder. It's again better than nothing, but you're essentially you've got to walk up on the home invader and engage him in a close quarters knife fight to use that weapon in self-defense. So there are a lot of you're assuming a lot of risks. It is, again, not an ideal home defense tool. You might say, well, yeah, but you're carrying that around for self-defense on a daily basis as an individual. And that's entirely true. But the self-defense needs of an individual moving around in the world require a lot more portability and a lot more concealability. When you're home, having a tool that has a four-inch blade that you could just as easily put in your pocket, I mean, again, better than nothing and certainly an effective tool at close you know, at close range, at the range at which you would engage someone with a knife. But I think when we talk about home defense, we're picturing a scenario where we're trying to keep this person away from us. We're trying to uh, 
find a way to extend our reach so that they stay farther away because ultimately why are you defending your home one it's your home but two there could be other people in the home you're trying to defend so in a way you're almost trying to project force outward in a manner that helps you know you haven't truly created a layered defense if they're already in the house they've already busted through the outer layers of your defense we talked about this in the last podcast about when there's a bump in the night but when you engage with a weapon because you're in fear for your life and the lives of people in the home then hopefully you've got something that gives you a little more reach than a simple four inch folding knife so great big knife not terrible folding pocket knife eh, better than nothing but gives you no advantage in terms of reach that would bring me to any kind of a club ranging from a sap to a baton you know a truncheon type baton not a, not a baseball bat not that big uh, a, a small handheld baton or an asp expandable baton or even a mag light one of those big d-cell mag lights that you hold with the lens you know projecting from the bottom of your hand so that you can cock your arm up for that downward swing um those are not terrible weapons and the fact that you can put light on the situation is good because you know in a, in most home invasion scenarios we're probably picturing a low light scenario but any kind of a club especially a sap which is relatively small it's the impact equivalent of having your tactical folder with you it is a powerful weapon but it doesn't give you any kind of a reach advantage and i think the stipulation for home defense should be something that gives you more reach something that can keep that home invader off of you from farther away um, i just think that in the context of home defense and you might say well why aren't you stipulating that when you're just an individual out and about you know you're at the mall shopping you're walking from your car to the the store or back again through the parking garage why aren't you stipulating reach in that setting again because what you have has to be very concealable very portable but also because in a in a more wide open space you can retreat more effectively than when you are in your home i think we all assume in the home that retreat probably isn't an option or we wouldn't be engaging in home defense in the first place we would have abandoned that location so when you're home you it's like that uh, it's like super troopers <laughs> pull over he's already pulled over he can't pull over any farther well when you're home you can't be any more home than you are home and what do we picture as the place we retreat to for safety our home well when you've already re already retreated to home then you can't go home any more than you have and therefore when the home invader comes to you you try to have something that can push him off of you try to give you something that can build you more uh, a distance more reactionary gap just more space because you're already as far back as you can go uh without abandoning your your home and whoever else might be there so yeah a sap a baton a, a nightclub an asp a mag light uh, mag light especially is a probably a better choice than all of those because it does the impact weapon things that those other impact weapons do but also produces light uh, and a small flashlight you know like a, like a handheld tactical flashlight like the kind you would carry in your pocket same thing it is a striking implement it does put light on the target it lets you identify what's going on and might even distract or or deflect a little bit you know i always tell people and i said this in flashlight fighting when i wrote it way back when you can't count on the light as a distraction you know you're not going to melt his face off no matter how bright the light is but it might work it might do something for you you just can't count on it so yeah again not ideal um just you know if you if you slept fully clothed with your edc gear in your pockets it's better than not having those things but again not ideal as a home defense weapon uh and 
when it comes to kitchen knives, you're right back to small kitchen knife equals tactical folder, large kitchen knife equals large combat knife. It's the same thing. Um, given my druthers, I'd rather have the large version of the knife. So grabbing that biggest knife out of the butcher block, you're not terribly unarmed, but you don't have the reach advantage that you could have with certain other alternative weapons. Um, so leveling up a little bit like a medieval war club you know something with spikes sticking out of it or even a hatchet or an axe those are slightly better choices because they do a lot more damage they give you more leverage they're small enough to wield at close quarters so they're not slow and awkward like a bat is when they do connect they do quite a bit of damage and just holding something with a sharp edge or spike sticking out of it you have a deterrent a contact deterrent let's call it i have uh, let's say I have a, a spiked war club in my hands and I'm not moving it. It's just in front of my body. Well, when he closes on me and makes contact with me, he's making contact with those spikes. The same is true of an axe or a, a, a double bladed axe or some kind of medieval axe or hatchet. You can literally just hold it in front of you with the sharp edge toward the enemy and you're already producing some kind of a defensive uh, uh, shield almost because when he touches it, he's going to cut himself. Um, would I, would I say go to an ax or a hatchet for home defense? Yeah, you, you could, it's better than, I think like a, like a, like an est wing ax or a hatchet or, um, any of the tactical combat axes or, a a, a tomahawk, which is essentially just a more combative ax. Those are all great home defense weapons. They give you leverage. They give you a bit more distance. Um, they're, they're large enough to give you a little bit more reactionary gap and they hit hard and can be quite deadly. So would I take like a tomahawk over a large combat knife? Probably, probably even a hammer would be preferable in that situation. I think, I mean, I don't know. Do you disagree? He said, taking a dainty sip from his squid mug. Um, if you do leave a comment, let me know, let me know what you think. Um, this brings me to, I don't know why it's possible to buy a spear in a hardware store, but it is. I know because my girlfriend bought me one. So I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at a spear that sits in one of the racks of swords and clubs and baseball bats and so on. Um, I have a spear. It is not a long spear. It's probably about uh, Joe length. A bow is a six foot staff and a Joe is more like a four foot staff. So this is a, a short spear. And yeah, that would make a fine home defense weapon in an, as an alternative weapon. I'm not saying it's preferable to any kind of firearm. A shotgun would be much better. But if you don't have one or you won't have one, then you could do a lot worse than a short spear because not only does it give you a lot of reach, but it's very deadly. I mean, it's the ability to reach out and stab someone from four to five feet away. That's no small thing. So I would rank the, the short spear as being among the better home defense options amongst alternative weapons. Uh, and that brings me, of course, inexorably to the sword. Is a sword or a short sword a good home defense weapon? And I've even seen some debates, and there was uh, some commentary in the, in the last uh, podcast. Would a sword make you look like a nutter? You know, would, would having a sword and using it for home defense, would it make you look like the kind of weirdo who the police should look askance at, uh, upon whom the police should look askance. At whom? I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's possible. I mean, 
if you have a collection of swords and you happen to have grabbed one of them, I guess that's a, a different context than, you know, I have my home defense sword and I keep it under my pillow. Um, the sword is a deadly weapon. It is really good for hurting people from relatively far away. I, I say relatively because you've still got to be within sword's reach of them. But there's a reason that swords are so powerful and always have been. Um, it doesn't take a lot of education to wield a sword and deliver force with it to great effect. I wrote an entire book called Street Sword about that very concept. And despite the terrible title, it really was more more geared towards here's how you would use a sword to deliver force if you happen to have one at home already. It was really more of a home defense sword kind of manual because obviously no one's going to be carrying a sword around with them. You're not Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod, no matter how many of his replica swords you own, I say, looking at my own collection of Highlander-style swords that I keep on display because I'm a nerd. Um, so yes, a sword is a good option. But there's one option that beats all of these other options and is even better than a sword because it's a better sword. And that is a machete. Uh, when I worked with Warrior Life, we talked all the time about the use of machetes as home defense weapons and how good they are in that role. And uh, the guy who heads up Warrior Life actually kind of made it his mission to corner the machete self-defense marketplace if he could that was that's really his thing uh and he's produced multiple generations of what they call their guardian machete i own a truckload of them at this point um in various iterations you know the generation one the generation two and so on um and the machete from the story from the last podcast where i used a machete to defend hearth and home was actually one of the warrior life guardian machetes that i had sharpened um i'm told that the machete now ships really sharp so maybe if you were to buy one today, you wouldn't need to spend a day sharpening it the way I did. Um, the, the downside of, of shipping a razor sharp machete is I suppose there's any number of ways it might cut itself free in transit. So, um, but I, I don't, I would imagine they pack them in a way that prevents that from happening. Just be careful if you buy one and you open the box. Um, I can tell you from experience that when I was using my guardian machete to chop some brush, I hit a piece of metal, some old piece of scrap metal that was at the edge of the property from heaven knows what. The machete never even noticed. Didn't ding the blade, didn't ship it. It just went clang, and I looked at it like, did I just mess this up? And it was fine. So, um, buy accordingly. But yeah, a machete is, it's a home defense sword. It is short like a wakazashi. It's, it's <clears throat> you've got your long sword, your, your full length sword, and then you've got your short sword. A short sword, or in Japanese sword parlance, a wakazashi, is probably a better choice for home defense simply because of the relative space you've got to swing it inside the home. So a machete is already at that length in most cases. There are some really long Latin machetes, but for the most part, every machete you pick up is going to be more like a short sword with a good healthy length to it in the context of short sword. Um, so they're great at close quarters. They give you reach. They're extremely powerful. <coughs> if you sharpen them, they cut very powerfully. You can do a lot of damage with them, and they're quick. You know, a, a guy armed with a machete can do a tremendous amount of damage in close quarters against even multiple opponents. So, of all of these alternative weapons, if you had to choose one, I would say probably the machete is your best choice. Um, and that's more or less my thinking on a whole lot of, of these alternative self-defense weapons. There's one that I didn't cover that I meant to talk about in the crossbow section though. And that is those dart guns that are all over the marketplace right now. It looks like a box with multiple buttons and it shoots, uh, 
these little spear point darts that that you slide down into the box against spring tension and then you push the button to release it um, they're relatively powerful you can shoot these across a room through a cardboard box uh, some of them are better made than others i've seen some that were quite well made and I want to say that when these first hit the market, there was like one website where you could buy them from. And now they're all over Amazon from multiple Chinese manufacturers. You can spot an Amazon Chinese manufacturer because the name of the store is gibberish. You know, it's like Hua Wen, uh, you know, something, something store. And, and they all have names like that. And it's like, there's so many different Amazon accounts generated for these endless numbers of Chinese storefronts that they just gave up on trying to give them catchy names. So, um, should you buy one of those i wouldn't bother it's really more of a fun toy than anything else i if you used it in the context of home defense it's not like you're going to shoot this thing and it's going to wing its way across the living room embed itself in the skull of your enemy and drop him like a like a ninja hit with a ninja star in a movie because ninja stars don't do that either you treat this exactly like you would a shuriken in real life which is it's a distraction tool i'm hurling something sharp at you and instead of having to throw it i just pushed a button to release it with spring power it's going to hurl itself at your face and hopefully give me an opening to do some some kind of follow-up while you're trying not to get hit with it because you don't know what it is that's coming straight for your face and even if it strikes you, you know, it would probably cause some pain if you got hit in the eye you'd probably be blinded in that eye but that's going to be a lucky shot you know there's no way to really aim these little dart gun things uh you know it's just winging a prayer <laughs> there's no sights and they're not accurate enough for it to matter anyway so as alternative weapons go if i had to pick something i'd probably go with either a tomahawk or a machete um, the spear is another option if you want to pick one up um, again it's really amusing to me that like gladius machete type swords and spears are now available in some hardware stores <laughs> Like, I don't know who decided that that was the purview of hardware, but I'm all for it. Uh, what do you use? What do you have? Please leave me a comment. Let me know. I'd love to hear it. If you have some opinions that differ from mine on the validity of some of these weapons, let me know. Uh, it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on this topic. All right, that's going to do it for the Martial Arts Podcast. I have been your host, Phil Elmore. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast. Until next time, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Elmore.